0: Hello, and welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast. Merry meet. My name is Amberly,
1: And I am Margot, and we are very happy to have you.
0: Uh, so, Margo, so what are you drinking today?
1: Okay, so I'm going to hit you. I mean,
0: like, let's just jump right in here.
1: <laughs> let's just dive right in because we've got a lot of material to cover on this special Beltane episode. Yay, Yay Fire Festival. Uh, so let's talk about what I'm drinking because I'm going to hit you with a weird one. Yes, I love a weird one. Um, So uh, I have a big wine glass filled with Body Armor Light. (laughs) It's Clementine and Peach Body Armor Light with a sparkling water. Like, you know, the Aha sparkling water. This one Uh is peach and honey. Uh, So I poured them both into a gigantic wine glass. And that is what I am sipping on right now.
0: That's awesome. I'm trying to decide what the heck body armor light is. What is that?
1: Oh, it's really, it's basically like yummy coconut water beverage. It's to help
0: you oh. like hydrate. That sounds delicious.
1: Yes. Cause I have been challenged with staying hydrated lately. Um, so I try to have one of those a day, uh, in addition to water, water, water. Um, so this time I decided to give it some spritz.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds delicious.
1: What are you drinking?
0: Uh, Decaf. (laughs) (laughs) I did not get enough coffee this morning before noon. So I made another pot. But after noon, if I have too much caffeine, I will never sleep.
1: That makes perfect sense to me. That is respectable because there's a comfort in having a cup of coffee. And sometimes you want that little ritual even more than you actually need the caffeine.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've got it in my little witch's brew mug. Cute.
1: So my wine glass has an, Oh, that's, that was a weird, not cute sound, but my wine glass has an owl on it wearing a top hat and a monocle.
0: I love that wine glass.
1: (laughs) I love that. Are you reading anything interesting?
0: So I am. I actually, I posted about it on Instagram, but I just got Spirit Weaver um, by Saren Bertrand. And, you know, because I read seven books at once, I don't get through the, like, I'm always reading the same thing for at least a month or a month and a half. So this I added to my uh, Divine Feminine grouping. Yes. Because it fit right in. So I'm really,
1: I love that cover.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm really excited um, to add that to my list.
1: How about you? Uh, I'm gonna hit you with another weird one. <laughs> Ooh. I found this magazine in the grocery store yesterday.
0: <gasps> I'm excited about this magazine.
1: It literally jumped out at me. It was like, Hey, look, <laughs> And I turned and I was like, Oh, shit. So I bought this magazine and it just says witches in big lettering on the cover. It is not a like monthly publication or anything. It is a special edition of Centennial Entertainment. And on the cover, it says the truth behind the legends and lore witches inside their mysterious world, psychic mystics and healers, secrets of the craft, tragedy of the burning times, plus modern day magic, spells, spirits, sacred stones, and more. So I totally bought this at the supermarket and I have been enjoying it. I actually, um, it's actually really, really good.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Actually, when you told me about that yesterday or the coven, when I went to the store, I looked at all of the magazine racks. (laughs) Yeah. It's not in my store.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm really into it. I'm really into it. Nice. That's
0: so cool. I love that when, um, we pop up in... Strange places. Yeah, places where we normally wouldn't be.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of our friends um, was, jumped on Marco while she was shopping. I believe she was shopping at some sort of dollar store that is um, down south. Maybe like a Dollar General or Dollar Tree. But mm-hmm. she found all these things. That, like Specifically, she found a, a marker slash engraver for candles. And I was like, who else is that for
0: besides us? Right? It's not for anyone. That's amazing. We're taking over. Was this the one in Oklahoma? Yes. Bitch, stop taking my towel. Sorry. <laughs> Forrest um, slobbers. So I keep a towel. Uh, okay, I'll just give it to him because he's giving my out. towel. I know. <laughs> <fucking hate. laughs> um, yeah, because it can get pretty Pretty messy up in this house we have towels like strewn about <laughs> they're always on hand <laughs> if you don't have one next to you you can say hey can you toss me that towel to the person you know across yeah. the room because slobber's gross all right so do you want to start with some history of the beltane yes uh
1: so Amberly and i decided to split up into segments So we're going to be sharing um, everything that we know and found on Beltane. I'm going to start us off with ancient traditions and folklore uh, because I'm a total history nerd. Yes. (laughs) So I will get started. Uh, So modern pagans adapt their Sabbath celebrations to better reflect both the climate they live in and the lifestyle they lead. So some of these traditions may seem foreign to many of you, but they represent the roots from which this cross-quarter day has evolved over centuries. It's important to make the holidays that you celebrate relevant to yourself, but it's Mm -hmm. also important to know their historic and cultural background. So Beltane is known as a time of fertility and growth, and to agricultural societies and pastoral peoples, such as the early Celts, Beltane marked the beginning of summer, just as Samhain marks the beginning of winter. These societies were much more concerned with winter and summer, or the darker and lighter halves of the year, uh, seasons of rest and reflection, and of hard work, and if the hard work paid off with a bountiful crop, sometimes even harder celebrations. These people didn't pay much attention to spring and fall like we do today. So while most pagans celebrate Beltane or May Day between sundown on April 30th and sundown on May 1st, the early pre-Christian Celtic festival of Beltane was celebrated when the hawthorn trees were in a flowering stage. This uh, also corresponds with the time that livestock were moved into summer pastures to graze. The Druids, on the other hand, determined the proper time to celebrate by following the movements of the stars. According to Julius Caesar, the Druids placed a major emphasis on the stars and their placements in relation to Earth. It is likely that they timed this celebration with the arrival of the sun in Taurus, one of the four fixed cardinal signs of the zodiac and an important power point in the astrological year. Taurus, represented by the bull, brings energies of renewed life and enhanced growth. It's a time of increasing strength and of vitality, fertility, and sexuality. Ultimately, Beltane is a time to thrive and grow. Modern Beltane has its roots in mostly early pre-Christian Celtic festival of Beltane, the ancient Roman festival of Floralia, And other European May Day celebrations. So I am going to be mainly focusing on the early pre-Christian Celtic festival of Beltane and the ancient Roman festival of Floralia, and just a couple other things. Otherwise, we would be here forever. Okay. Beltane is a composite of many different traditions, a lending of cultures, beliefs, and customs, all reflecting a common urge to welcome the coming of May, warmer temperatures, and the thriving vegetation that comes with it. The early pre-Christian Celtic Festival of Beltane was celebrated in Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man, with many of its customs getting adopted into other areas of Great Britain and Europe. It had various yet similar names, such as Beltane, B-E-A-L-T-A-I-N-E, to the Irish and Beltane. I'm butchering these words, but I'll give you the spelling. B-E-A-L-L-T-A-I-N-N in Scottish Gaelic. Most variations of the word were derived from the Celtic word meaning bright fire, though some attribute the translation to lucky fire. Fire does seem to have played a major role in Beltane ceremonies, the earliest mention being an early medieval text by Cormac, Bishop of Cashel and King of Munster. Here he reports a festival held by the Druids on May 1st to mark the beginning of summer. It describes a fire ritual consisting of two bonfires, incantation spoken, and cattle being led between two raging fires. These actions were believed to protect the cattle from disease and safeguard the supply of dairy products and meat, both very important to the Celtic diet. Another very similar support by historian Geoffrey Keating comes from the 17th century Ireland on the hill of Ishna with the same events of cattle being forced to pass between two fires as well as a sacrifice to the god named Bel. The early Celtic Beltane may have originally been connected to the worship of the god Belenus, a deity of healing whose worship dates back to prehistoric times. He is closely related to the Roman god Apollo, a god of light and of the sun, but in Celtic culture, Belenus was also associated with fountains, health, pastoral lifestyle and the symbols of the phallic shaped stone, the bull, the horse and the oak. You know, as I was doing my research, it dawned on me being a Taurus and already having a reverence for the bull that I should Mm -hmm. really start adopting um, that into my Beltane decor. For sure. Some bull stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Bellinus also has also been known as Bellin, Bellinus, Bellinus, Bell and several other monikers. As one of the Celtic high gods, he was recognized in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, France, Italy, Spain, and England, among other places. Inscriptions to Bellinus have even been found in the stone tablets in New Hampshire, as in the United States, on a site called Mystery Hill, which is believed to have been a ritual site for early European explorers. Still, there's little more historic evidence to show exactly how the Celts celebrated Beltane. Most historians have surmised that rituals were primarily focused on protecting cattle and crops and encouraging life, fertility, and growth, which is quite the opposite of Samhain on the opposite opposite side of the year when they connect to darker energies. Later on, around the 18th century and onward, um, as folklorists began to take more interest in recording longstanding pegging traditions, we learned that household fires would be extinguished and then relit from communal Beltane bonfires, and that both cattle as well as people walked between the two raging fires, or walked around the bonfire, or left over the flames as a magical act to ensure a good harvest. Mm-hmm. Almost all Beltane fires were kindled solely from friction and were considered sacred. They were called a need fire in some places, and even the collection of the wood for the fires was performed with ceremony. In Wales, nine men were chosen to go into the woods to collect sticks and branches from nine different types of trees only after emptying their pockets of all money, coins, or other metal.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, I didn't actually find out why hmm. why they had to have no metal on them
0: yeah i wonder well you know what maybe because like well especially with the hawthorne tree it's uh very oh yeah it's um very
1: very friendly yeah very friendly. So,
0: yeah so maybe that's why but also all the other fires were put out so maybe it was like you just have to be starting from nothing you know what i mean i don't know right right i think the probably the first thing what makes more sense but
1: yeah so these fires their flames embers smoke and even the ashes were all believed to grant health and protection um, the woods are believed to be apple birch fire grapevine hawthorn hazel oak rowan and willow but location probably dictated more variation here because mm-hmm. you know if i had to go out and find all those trees in my woods i'd fail
0: right me too me too isn't um, Beltane, like, one of the only times that you can actually mess with the Hawthorne? Yes. Yeah. Because otherwise the Fae will come get you. Get your ass. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I don't know what Forest's deal is, but he's, like, right here. Like, see his nose? Wow, oh, He's so cute. <laughs> he's yeah. up my, my, well, he just wants to be right next to me and tell me all about it. I'm sorry. Continue. Oh,
1: you're good. Okay, so we know that fire was an extremely potent element of Beltane celebrations, but so was water. It was widely believed that Beltane Morning Dew, especially from a meadow or a hawthorn tree again, was infused with magical powers capable of preserving youth, clearing skin ailments, ailments and enhancing beauty and sexual attractiveness. Ooh. Do you ever watch the Andy Cohen um, Watch What Happens Live no. show? <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous but he every episode at the beginning of every, every episode he um picks a word and n- none of the guests know what the word is but the audience does and they're supposed to drink every time the word is spoken oh, God. Um, and i feel like th- that could be like sex sexuality or sexual for this episode i like, guess oh, so. or phallic yeah or phallic <laughs> sensual okay so if you guys need to restart and pour yourself a drink <laughs> Now's the time to do it. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, uh, the druids would collect this magical morning dew in a hollowed out stone prior to sunrise on May day morning, and whoever was sprinkled with it would expect health and happiness. Young women would either roll in it or anoint their faces with it, and they would even jar it up if possible to use as a magical beauty and healing potion throughout the year. There's an old English nursery rhyme that goes, the fair maid who on the first day of May goes to the fields at break of day and bathes in dew from the hawthorn tree will ever strong and handsome be.
0: Ah, I like that. Yeah, it's
1: cute. So in keeping with the idea of sacred waters, holy wells were visited during the festival and the first water drawn from a well of Beltane was considered extremely potent and magical. Offerings were also left there to gain favor and blessings from the wells residing spirits. Other traditions included decorating with fresh spring flowers or making flower garlands to adorn cows, food making, or even farming equipment, Uh, making offerings to mischievous fairy spirits who sometimes targeted milk and other dairy products, clockwise dancing um, in in honor of the sun, and burning bushes to ward off witches and fairies said to be residing in them. I'm glad I don't live in a bush. Right? Now... Moving on to the ancient Roman festival of Floralia. This one sounds
0: fun. So, <laughs> do ancient... they need to have their drinks ready? Yeah,
1: <laughs> get your drinks ready. <laughs> ancient Romans held this annual festival in honor of the goddess Flora at the end of April and the beginning of May. It started on April 27th during the Republican era, and on April 28th, <clears throat> my birthday. Under the Julian calendar, (laughs) according to Ovid, the first Floralia was held in the year 238 BCE to commemorate the founding of Flora's temple, which was built on the advice of an oracle following a harsh drought. Flora was the goddess of fertility, vegetation and flowers. A Greek import, uh, she was a Roman equivalent to Chloris, the Greek goddess of flowers. She was closely associated with sexuality and the blossoming of nature. Uh, myths tell that she was the first to spread seeds across the originally monochrome earth, causing it to bloom and blossom in an abundance of color and variety. And you know what? That is one of the more pleasant and likable myths. And since so much Greek and Roman mythology is rapey as all hell, that's the the one that I'm going to stick with today. Sounds great. I like it. Not today, Zephyrus.
0: Not today. Not today.
1: Floralia included games, mimed performances, revelry, striptease, feasting, dancing, and an atmosphere of sexual liberty, pleasure, and wild abandon. It was once only held when crops were deemed in danger from either drought or something else. But in 173 BCE, after repeated crop issues, Floralia became an annual event to help ensure the favor of the goddess and encourage the fertility of the crops, livestock, and people.
0: Yeah, that's why they did
1: it yeah it was for the crops (laughs) you need to party it's it's for the crops it's for the crops so offerings of flowers were given to both flora and the goddess of growth maya for whom the month of may is named for flowers were the prominent feature here decorating feasting tables buildings and people themselves by way of wreaths of flowers worn on heads and although it was a serious festival in honor of the goddess um, that they really needed to gain favor from, it was mostly predominated by fun and frivolity. Um, they believed that their ruckusness singing and dancing would actually help wake up nature. So it was encouraged along with promiscuity. On the last day of the festival, a group of prostitutes would gather and perform a strip tease in front of an audience. Nice grand finale.
0: Yes. Nice.
1: So as Roman influence spread throughout Europe, many floralia traditions blended with pre-existing local springtime festivals. Uh, Many pre-Christian cultures also considered May to be the beginning of summer and a time of fertility rites and ceremonious festivities. So eventually, what was once a sacred ritual became secular celebration and local May Day customs evolved into what we still see in some locations around America and Europe today. One popular May Day tradition to come from the blending of traditions is the Maypole, uh, believed to exist as far back as the 14th century, uh, maypoles, maypoles were generally formed from a tall tree that had been stripped of branches, rude, and had an right. obvious phallic symbolism. It was a representation of fertile energies and a focal point for springtime celebrations. After it was erected and decorated with flowers and greenery, dances were held around it, following in the belief that it would invite growth, fertility, and other springtime blessings. By the Victorian era, ribbons became an essential part of the maypole maypole decorations and maypole dancing became more elaborate as dancers would weave around each other braiding the ribbons around the pole. This maypole dancing tradition eventually migrated to America, despite the Puritans once denouncing it as a heathenish vanity of superstition and wickedness.
0: Wickedness, yeah,
1: these are the same people who thought witches suckled demon familiars with their extra teats. So in, I'll say it again you don't, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't do that. I'm like, Come here, demon, how many Fuck of my those... teeth?
1: <laughs>
0: how many of those do you guys have? Huh? Depends on the day. <clears throat>
1: come out like the sun does. Today it's cloudy no no teats.
0: No teats. Fresh out of teats today. Try again tomorrow. So in
1: 1627 Boston, a man named Thomas Morton erected an 80 foot maypole with a set of antlers attached to the top. Awesome. And he was very quickly arrested and denounced as the lord of misrule. I Um, love that. Yeah. (laughs) He was like Watch, hold my beer. Hold my beer. Watch this. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Um, maple traditions did die down in America after that, but eventually they uh, regained popular- popularity after the Revolutionary War, uh, even eventually becoming a traditional means of physical education at schools by the early 1900s. So this took a once sexually tar- charged activity, symbolically anyway. And transformed it into a pretty wholesome
0: children's activity. It's very wholesome. Yeah, here, dance around this phallus. (laughs) Don't ask. That represents the thrusting of of fertility into the the womb of the earth. (laughs) Yeah, it's not weird. (laughs) No, not at all. Come Come on, kids.
1: (laughs) Also, don't fuck sex education. You're doing it wrong. It's actually go. not easy. And it's it's pretty tiring to get like a, a pretty pattern all the way down the pole.
0: Well, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I'd probably give up.
1: So that is basically what I collected. There's so much more out there, you know, including, um, you know, Walpurgis Night, uh, which is a Germanic festival. But I wanted to stick with um, things more closely uh, related to the actual uh, word Beltane and things that we're pulling traditions from more commonly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I also wanted to save time because it's it's never ending. Uh, A variation long episode. Right. 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 So a little bit more folklore is um, from the Wiccan Wheel of the Year Mythos, uh, which is when the lunar earth goddess in her youthful and sensual maiden aspect is impregnated by the young, lusty solar earth deity or horn god. Lusty. Lusty. So this lends to the fertility-centered aspect of the sabbath. It's um, like the Great Rite, for example, which is a fertility ritual, celebrates this fertile time of love, light, creation, and of course, sexuality. Um, this fertility theme is reflected in the hard work already underway on fields um, in the hopes that the earth is also impregnated, you know, in a way, and will render a fruitful and successful harvest by the end of the summer. It's not something that people really relate to these days, so... but we all have something that we want to harvest by the end of the year, um, plans that we're determined to realize. And Beltane is a great time to enthusiastically get everything in full swing, um, kind of in keeping with that same theme. And that is what I have for history and folklore.
0: Wonderful. Well, since we uh, were just recently talking about the Maypole, I'm going to be talking about modern family celebrations. Um, So, A little less sexual, a little more, a little less sexual. Let's just go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Twice. Um, So one of my favorite things to do on May Day or Beltane is to take strips of fabric or thread yarn, um, imbue them with my intention, uh, and tie them to a tree. Uh, And then as... Those get weathered and birds come and take pieces of it to build their nests. Mm-hmm. Things like that happen. It's like the earth is accepting your your wishes. I love that. Yes. I know it's in one of my books. But anyway, yeah, we, we like to do that. And so we always have one tree that's an, on May Day just full of colorful, beautiful ribbons. You can put prayers, uh, honor your ancestors, anything like that. You know, it's all... Mm-hmm. It's all open, so um, that's a fun little thing to do with with your kids. I also have um, I found in the Magical Family by Monica Croson um, just a real quick maypole creation, like to make your own maypole that you can actually take down, okay, and uh, and put back up every year. Uh, so the first you'll need a ten foot long. PVC pipe. It can be one inch. It could be whatever. And then a a corresponding PVC cap that fits over that. You'll need some sandpaper, whatever colored spray paint you want. And this is a great time to use your color magic. Oh yeah. Colorful ribbons, a hot glue gun, a hammer or a mallet, and an old weighted umbrella stand or possibly um, an old uh, Christmas tree stand. Okay. So to make your Maypole, you're going to sand your Maypole, your PVC pipe. You want to take the shiny coating off of your PVC pipe so that you can spray paint it and uh, it'll stick. Um, So then you're going to spray paint your cap and your Maypole. Right. In whatever bright color you want. And after it's dried, um, have everyone choose a ribbon color that they want. And you're going to hot glue them to the top of the, the maypole and then put the cap over it with your hammer and mallet. And then there you have it. It's easy peasy maypole that you can take down and put up every year instead of having to, you know, find a yeah. tree and take all the branches off of it like they used to.
1: I love that. Yeah, you don't have to um, strip a a poor tree and you can have a maypole dance in
0: your own backyard. Yes, and uh, so there's this cute little poem in here that I have to share that it says that you can sing when you're you're running, you're dancing around the maypole and it goes, round the maypole, we shall go a-dancing during this time when all things grow. We ask for the Lord and Lady's blessing and to share with us all they know. For as we weave these pretty ribbons, the magic intensifies three times three. As we circle, we shall will it. Let the magic hold, so mote it be. So that's a great time to kind of come up with like a family spell, a family intention, and then, and then do that together. So, I love that. Yeah, super cute. There's also, I don't know if you've ever heard of Maying, bringing in May. Mm-hmm. You put flowers on your neighbor's uh, front porches and you don't, you know you don't ring the doorbell or anything you just leave them there anonymously and that's that's called maying. a maying, we will go which I think is really cute that is cute and I love it
1: in theory but I wonder how many people would just be completely freaked out by you yeah if they happen to see you out the window just
0: um <laughs> people are that's true <laughs> be like this fucking weirdo <laughs> What are you doing? I'm a Duh. Wait, You don't do that? Yeah. How, about, how about, some appreciation? Losers. Pick your flowers and get inside your house. And be quiet. So maybe if you're going to do that, just do it for your friends.
1: Yeah. Okay. That the friends who know that. Yes. You are the person that's going a mang. Yeah.
0: Travel around to all your friends' houses. Here. Have some flowers. Bye
1: just a random neighbor like did you did you put a curse on me yeah because that's how it works with daisies
0: (laughs) oh well that was the thing um so it became really popular in the victorian times when flower correspondences were really really important you could actually
1: have a whole conversation with flowers yeah
0: yeah so you could you could give somebody flowers and tell them to fuck you you know fuck off but it's it's just flowers
1: (laughs) um I think before um, before there was an industry for florists, like a big industry, mm-hmm. um, yellow roses, weren't they a fuck
0: you? And now they mean friendship? You know what? I don't know. That's something I would like to find out, though. I know that now they smart. mean friendship. Now they mean friendship, but they used to be
1: like, eh, don't like you very much, yeah. so <laughs> I picked you a yellow flower. Yeah. Um... What
0: a nice way to tell someone that they're a dick. yeah for sure i wonder if it says it right here let me see i know it talks talks a little bit about it it doesn't say anything about yellow i don't see anything that's like fuck you either lame oh geranium jealousy
1: oh jealousy really so in victorian times yellow roses symbolized jealousy it even went as far as accusing the the recipient of infidelity Today, yellow roses represent friendship, joy, and caring. So it's not really an F you. It's a how dare you or a, um,
0: "I want what you have, which is just silly. That's so funny. But you could give somebody a bowl of nuts, and that means stupidity. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there you go. Uh <laughs> That's funny. Uh let's see. Do I have anything else for family traditions? Um you know what? I I will say that I love going with my daughter to my friend's house and we just have a bonfire. Yes. I mean, that's pretty straightforward on Beltane a fire festival. Just have have a little yeah, fire, a little fire. Hang out around it.
1: Yeah, sit around the fire. Mm-hmm. If you want to infuse the occasion with intentions, then you can just have a conversation about what you've got in what you what you got planned for the season ahead, yeah. what you want to achieve, what you're working on.
0: Yeah. And if if you when want you to get a little a more crazy, you can you can dance Wittershins around. The, I just like that word. <laughs> should you dance Wittershins or should you I, dance doasil? It's but I just like Wittershins. <laughs> um no but dance around your fire uh put on some good music uh dance around your fire um sing scream sing and dance sing and dance share your motivations um eat good food which i have a recipe for later but i think it's your turn to take the next the next grouping
1: yes okay so uh Moving into Correspondences, and this is from Llewellyn's Complete Book of Correspondences. It's that big, big boy from Llewellyn, (laughs) which I just said. Um, I love that book. It's fantastic. It's one of my go-to reference books. So I have the Correspondences for Beltane uh, from that book. So for Planet slash Luminary, I have The Moon. Moon Phase is Full, season is spring the element is fire
0: it's interesting that it's not sun right just a thought sorry
1: yeah i mean if you are if you're influenced by wicca then it would really feel like the sun and the moon because Mm -hmm. um you know in in the wiccan mythos these sabbats are uh you know centered around what the goddess and the god are you know doing at that moment at that time of year (laughs)
0: It is though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
1: <laughs> but according to um, the big old book of complete correspondences, it is the moon. Um, color court correspondences are green, orange, red, and yellow. Uh, but in all fairness, uh, all flower colors seem right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, trees are apple, ash, cedar. Elder, fir, hawthorn, juniper, linden, mesquite, oak, pine, poplar, rowan, and willow. So all the what trees. All the trees. <laughs> Every fucking tree. Um, yeah. Herbs, flowers, <laughs> and plants. Angelica, blackberry, slash bramble, bluebell, sink foil, daisy, gorse, honeysuckle, ivy, lilac, jasmine, meadowsweet, Mushrooms, um, as in fairy rings, too. Primrose, uh, rose, and sweet woodruff. Gemstones, slash minerals, bloodstone, and sapphire. Magical creatures, fairies. Uh, Deities, another long list. We have Aphrodite, Artemis, or Artemis, as more Rose would say. Ball, Balder, Bellinus, Cernunos, Cupid, Sibyl, Danu, Diana, Don, Eros, Faunas, Flora, Freya, Frere, Frigg, the Green Man, Maya, Odin, Pan, Rhea, Rhiannon, and Venus. It's a quite a long list of deities, but it's a, a big Sabbath. And yep. either, these are from all different denominations. Right, so.
0: right. There's lots of different, maybe one or two per... <laughs> Right. Yeah.
1: So animals slash insects. We have cattle, uh, cows in parentheses, goats, rabbits, and bees. Yay, bees. And moving along to issues, intentions, and powers, we have agriculture, creativity, fertility, lust, marriage, the other world slash underworld, pleasure, psychic ability, purification, sensuality. Sex slash sexuality, visions, warmth, and youth.
0: Thanks. And those are the correspondences. That's a good long list of correspondences. If you can't find something you like there. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> just wait till June. <laughs> <laughs> um, so since we did that... I will give you my incense and oil recipes. Um, So I actually pulled straight from Scott Cunningham for the incense recipe today because, I mean, he knew what he was talking about. So this is from the Complete Book of Incense, Oils, and Brews by Scott Cunningham. Uh, It's the Beltane Incense. It is three parts frankincense, two parts sandalwood, one part woodruff, one part rose petals, a few drops of jasmine oil, and a few drops of neroli oil. And then you can uh, burn that while you're dancing around your Beltane fire. Nice. I bet that smells wonderful. I bet it does too. I bet it does too. The uh, anointing oil that I just kind of pulled together myself because I was looking at correspondences and I decided that this is what I would like is you just get your um, carrier oil of choice, maybe sweet almond oil. I like that one. Yeah. Um, And then add in four drops. So this is like for a roller, a roller size bottle, small bottle, four drops of jasmine or rose or a couple of each. Although that would be very floral. I would say pick one or the other. And then two drops of mint, because that's very refreshing, floral and refreshing. Um, And that is all. And place it on your pulse points, and you can also use it to anoint your candles. Yes. Um, Other oils that are associated that you can take or leave however you want are frankincense, lemon, pine, woodruff, or uh, lang lang. So... You can t- use any of those to make your own blend. I love a lang I do, too. I don't Just love smells. saying it. Because I always feel like I'm doing it wrong. Yeah,
1: it's one of those words that make you feel like you're doing it wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly
1: how it feels. <laughs> a lang-a-lang.
0: A lang-a-lang.
1: So, I have a spell. Yay, spell. Um, this is uh, one that I found a couple years ago in the uh, Witch's Day Almanac. Um, this is from 2020, and it is a Beltane purifying spell. Nice. Uh, before I read it, I just want to make the disclaimer. You know, um, we can't solve all of our problems with magic, especially if they are of the psychological sort.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So although I think that this spell is really great, We also want to always know that we are, we still have to do the work. Yes. To get rid of our problems and to, you know, make our lives better. So that said, let's have some fun. Yay. (laughs) A Beltane purifying spell. So Beltane is a good time to purify and cleanse your life of excess emotional baggage or problems. For this ritual, you'll need your cauldron, white paper, and a red ink pen. Begin by building a small ritual fire in your cauldron. Hold your hands over the fire and feel its energy. Then write any problems or issues you'd like to get rid of on the paper. Read what you've written out loud, tear the paper into small pieces, and toss them into the flame. Watch the flames consume the paper, destroying your problems and cleansing your life. As the smoke rises, say, Beltane fire burn. Beltane fire, purify, carry my problems away until they reach the sky. After the ashes have cooled, sprinkle them on the ground as an offering. I love that. That's great. I
0: really like that too. Wow. So do you do you build need fires in your cauldron? I do. Um,
1: I love having little fires in my cauldron. It's fun. What
0: do you use to build them? Do you save like your
1: matchsticks? I do. I have, um, used matchsticks. Um, the ends of used incense sticks are also really great because the incense stick burns down and then you have that little, that little stick just, you know, usually you just immediately toss it in the trash. But if I, when I remember, I set it aside. Um, and you know, obviously any kind of paper or shavings, um, if I have used, um, palo santo and it burns down to just that little 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 chunks Mm -hmm. yeah all that stuff is great yeah i love a good and then i feel like i'm not wasting anything too right
0: right yeah i love a good need fire i have a little kind of blessing sort of thing it's the beltane bannock oh yes and it's not one you're gonna eat oh (laughs) i also have a recipe for you to eat but this is just a fun little thing um this is from once around the sun uh by ellen everett hopman it's that book i talked about a couple episodes ago that's just really cute it's got stories for every uh sabbat. and i found yes. this and i just i just love it it says long ago on beltane people would bake a large bannock uh, which is an oat cake and carry it out to the fields and then break off sections of it as offerings to the crow. Here, crow, take this. Don't take my corn. You know, here, uh, fox, don't <laughs> leave my chickens alone. You know what I mean? So right, right. I just think that's super cute. It is cute. And bribery works. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is for one large bannock. Two-thirds cup of coarsely ground oats, plus a handful of or two for when you're kneading it. And then a pinch of baking soda, a pinch of sea salt, two teaspoons butter or lard, melted, and one cup of hot water. Uh, You're gonna combine it all, knead it, uh, until you have a nice batter that's sticking together. It'll be stiff. Then you're going to Uh, Use a rolling pin to roll it out into a half-inch thickness and pop it in the oven on 350, baking about for 10 to 15 minutes, and then you flip it and cook on the other side. And then once it's cold, you can go outside and, and give it to your crows or your fox or... I love that. Mother Earth. Yeah. And there's nothing in it that's bad for wildlife, so... I mean, I would hazard to guess that you could probably leave out the salt. Don't really need that because you're not eating it. Right. Right, so, right, right, But yeah, super cute. We feed, I love that. We feed the crows at our house, so I
1: definitely will be doing that. Uh, we feed birds and squirrels in the back where our whole yard is fenced in. And out front, I will sometimes toss um, fruit, pieces of fruit. Um nice. The deer, they when the next day when I come out, it's gone. I always, I'm never ear- up early enough for the to see the deer come mm-hmm. and get it. But those are the ones that come and get it. So nice. I like that. That's around. awesome. Deer are pretty awesome. Yeah, they scare the crap out of my husband in the morning sometimes, though, when he's going to work super early. That's funny. <laughs> uh, okay, so I have a divination spread. Uh, it's a tarot spread for Beltane, uh, and it is a three card spread, keeping it really simple. So um, card number one, you will lay down first and it is your um, spring bonfire. It represents um, how you allow yourself to feel the fullest intensity of this card. It is what cleans you out and gives you fresh passion. Card number two will be to the left. Reflect on what you are letting go in the fire from a hard season and what you've gained through the experience. And then number three will go down to the right of card number one. And that is coming summer. With fresh inspiration of spring, see where you will grow abundant and where you will have the courage to succeed.
0: Awesome.
1: And that is from
0: Lioneltarot.com. Nice. I really like that. Um, love it. All right, so So that is it for me. Okay, great. Then I am just going to share this. Recipe. It's a very simple recipe. This is actually from Llewellyn's Sabbath Essentials, the Beltane one, which I see you have right there. Thanks, because I don't have it with me. (laughs) Which I have to say, those are great books. I love them. They really are. It's just a nice thing to have. Check it out, what you're going to do for, you know, remind yourself what each Sabbath is about every time they come up, because to be honest... (laughs) It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, when I was a Christian, I only had to worry about Easter and uh, Christmas. You know.
1: <laughs> I love it though. I absolutely love it. Um, and there's so much. There's so much to learn. Yes. You know, a lot of people. Well, I don't know if it's a lot or just some. What's a lot? What's some? But some people um, recently said that they don't really appreciate the whole eight Sabbath wheel of the year thing because, you know, it was just this guy, um, Gerald Gardner, who just, you know, took all these traditions from all over the world and glued it all together and was like, this is Wicca, but okay. Yeah. But haven't all of our holidays evolved from something else? Right. How, how often do we hear, you know, the arguments between, um, you know, about which Christian holiday was stolen from the pagans or mm-hmm. how this pagan holiday evolved into a Christian holiday or um, how this holiday is just, you know, a capitalist nonsense and is so far removed from what it used to be. And the, 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 the truth is that it's all true. It's, mm-hmm. it's all true. But mm-hmm. that does, does that mean that we need to deny ourselves the fun? You know, we this is an opportunity to learn, to educate yourself And to adapt to what is relevant to you specifically.
0: Right. Yeah. And also, you know, every culture (laughs) celebrates spring. Every culture celebrates the harvest. Or every culture celebrates, you know, abundance and, you know, blah, 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 blah. The coming of the sun in some way, shape, or form. So I don't, I mean, you don't have to celebrate Lunasa, but so what? Have fun. And yeah, why yeah. deny yourself a chance to have a party?
1: Right. I mean, where where I am, and I'm sure where, where you are too, because we're not that far from each other, at May, basically the end of April, the beginning of May is when strawberries are so good. Yes. <laughs> I, could, I could create a holiday just around good strawberries. Yeah, I agree. So for me, um, part of Beltane is working strawberries into that because I love them. They're delicious. They're big and they're ripe and they're perfect. Well, guess what I have for you? (gasps)
0: Ah, A recipe (laughs) with strawberries. Nice. We did not do that on purpose. (laughs) No, we didn't. That's awesome. Yes. I also love strawberries and I like being able to go pick them. Um, I don't know if you have up in Jersey, like uh, a farm where you can go pick your own anything. Uh, but I love going berry picking. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Actually,
1: you know what's funny is I grew up on this little street, which at the, the dead end, there was a little dead end street. And at the end was like the speed line. And along the fence, it was just blackberries. Oh, nice. As far as the eye could see. And I would pick them all the time, take them home, wash them and eat them. Um, but I have never picked strawberries before. And New Jersey is a is the blueberry state. <laughs> I did not know that.
0: Yeah. I love blueberries. I, I will hazard to say that I... <laughs> I'm sorry, watching squirrels outside my window. Um, be silly. Um, I will hazard to, get to say that I like blueberries more than strawberries. My daughter loves uh, strawberries, loves them loves them like we always have to have strawberries in the house or she's yeah, not pleased same same same
1: and uh when i was growing up every year and my birthday is actually april 28th so i am you know May Day beltane i'm all mm-hmm. about it it's my season every year i had to have a strawberry shortcake for my birthday
0: oh every cute. year yeah i love it my my family makes me lemon blueberry cake Oh, I love that. That sounds delicious. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. Uh, my daughter <laughs> made it for me last year, and it was perfect. Uh, my husband was making it before that, but she started making it, and she did a good job. Nice. So <clears throat> now that I'm hungry, let's talk about these. Uh, this recipe. So this is called Abundance Berries with Cream. Ooh. It's a very simple recipe. It's got three things. Um, one pound of fresh berries. They can be anything you want, but as we said, strawberries strawberries are in season right now, so that is the ideal choice. One cup of heavy whipping cream, and two tablespoons of honey. Uh, If you don't have honey, you can use maple syrup, which I love to put in my whipped cream. Uh, So basically, what you do is you cut your berries, uh, then you... Whip your cream (laughs) into shape. Whip it into shape. That's right. And that is soft peaks. That's the shape you want. Soft peaks, friends. Uh, As you're whipping your cream, though, put your intentions into it. Uh, So if you stir clockwise, you're bringing stuff in. If you're stirring counterclockwise, you're sending stuff away. So you put your intentions into your cream. Once you get it close to the consistency, then you're going to drizzle in your honey or your maple syrup. Incorporate that when you have soft peaks. Some people like stiff peaks. Depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also Mm -hmm. depends on if you forget that it's whipping. I've done that. I've made butter several times on accident. Uh,
1: (laughs) I would pass out before I got to that point. Oh, yeah. I use
0: uh, my KitchenAid.
1: Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's definitely more magical if you do it by hand. Uh, but when I, I have carpal tunnel in both my wrists, so it's KitchenAid all day long for me. That makes sense. (laughs) But so add your intentions, whip your cream, add your honey or your maple syrup, and then you serve it in a chilled bowl. Uh, you put your eggs or your eggs, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Where the hell did that come I from? I have no clue. <laughs> I don't know. You put <laughs> your berries in a chilled bowl. Top it with your cream. Um, I like to put a little, a little sprinkling of lime zest on top, just for a little zing. And yeah. and you eat that shit. And that's that good. sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah. I love fresh cream. Fresh whipped oh, yeah. cream is so much better it than really the stuff is. you buy in the store you can even you can also put a little vanilla extract in it yes Uh. yeah you can get pretty fancy with your with your Mm. your whipped cream as i'm sure charlie would say whipped (laughs) (laughs) just like that and that's it for me i guess that's it for both of us (laughs) i guess it is uh that was a terribly long hour and 22 minutes and a lot of that i was like gone (laughs) yeah that's not bad at all actually we were expecting it to be a very very long episode which i I think it probably will end up being like an hour which is longish it's a special
1: speaking of specials we have something special that we are going to do with every sabbat it's the taurian tirade
0: yes yes after our sabbat episode comes the taurian tirade episode uh, so we're going to drop that. Hopefully, um, <laughs>
1: hopefully there's no delay and we can keep our word, but we are going to drop that next Monday. So typically we drop every other Monday, but mm-hmm. the Tarian tirade is a special bonus that we will do with a ev- following every Sabbath episode. And um, just to warn you, it is complete chaos. Um, it is basically just Amberly and I, and this time around Woodsy was with us um, sitting together uh having a few drinks and just
0: bullshitting yeah bullshitting shooting basically. the shit yeah so, so are we are we dropping that on the same day that we dropped the Beltane episode or the following week the following week okay so the Beltane that will be
1: a bonus yeah uh okay on a typical off Monday
0: it's May 2nd we will also be recording with the great Jay Allen Cross
1: I am also very excited
0: Yes, about that. Uh, we'll be talking about his new book, uh, American Brujeria, and his podcast, which is called Invoking Witchcraft. It's actually one of my favorites. Uh,
1: Jay Allen Cross and Britton Boyd um, co-host that podcast, and it is great. It is extremely informational and fun.
0: Yeah, I'm very
1: excited. Um, Infor- informational? Informative. Informative. Sorry.
0: I feel like, I mean same thing yeah okay it works so since we don't have it pre-recorded uh you can find us on uh instagram and facebook at the hearth and hedge you can email us at the harsh and harsh and... <laughs> i think that should stay in the episode <laughs> excuse me i was channeling swedish chef just for a second <laughs> Um, (laughs) if you're old enough to know what I'm talking about, I love you. Um, I feel like everyone should know who Swedish chef is. Anyway, uh, thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. We have a website, uh, www.thehearthandhedge.com, which am I missing anything? No, it's thehearthandhedge.com.
1: Oh, oh, you mean like other socials? Yeah. Other things. We have an Instagram and a Facebook. Didn't I say that first? I don't remember. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> Maybe.
1: Yeah, I did. Okay, <laughs> then we're
0: good. I think we got it all. <coughs> Excuse me. We're professionals.
1: We're just giving them a taste of what the and tirade is going to sound like. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's funny. Oh, and uh, May 9th, we have an episode publishing uh, where we interviewed Frankie Castanea, who is also known as Chaotic Witch Aunt on... That was a great interview. Yeah, it was. She's so sweet. Uh, TikTok and the Insta, she's Chaotic Witch Aunt. So you can look forward to that. Uh, Exciting things are happening. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. By the time this
1: is published, uh, Amberly and I will have already attended the uh, Anahata's mini retreat. Yes. Um, We are very, very excited. And possibly we might be able to squeeze a little time into um, recording a little something something on our spare time. Uh, We shall see.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe we'll try and get an interview in with uh, the beautiful Coco or another Torian tirade or yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe even talk to Rachel. That might be fun. That would be cool.
1: We'll just have to see what we can manage.
0: Yes. Yes. But I also want to say if we don't do that, it's because we just really wanted to have fun.
1: <laughs> Girls just want to have fun. They do. Duh. I mean, and we're going to have fires that
0: we're going to be dancing around. So it's going to be very yes. appropriate, re- relevant, fun. We will take pictures. We'll post pictures on the on the internet, <laughs> on the web page, or the Insta Gym. Nope, wrong. Yeah. wrong podcast. That's not ours. <laughs> <laughs> on the Don't Instagram sue us. or
1: the Facebook. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so we're look- very much looking forward to going to that. I guess that's it. Yeah, I think we should um, try and end this. Before, you, before it gets weird, before it gets extra weird. <laughs> All right. Do you want to try and do see you next time at the same time this time? Yes. Okay. This time, last time,
1: I don't know where I went. I was like, okay, let's do it. And then I left the room or something. Cause it was just you. Awesome.
0: <laughs> I loved it. Oh, okay. okay. Ready? <clears throat> we'll see, see you next time. time. Oh, that was better. We'll get better. Look at that as we go. <laughs> I'm all alone again. <laughs> uh.
1: Hello, Clarice. They're all gonna laugh at you. They're all gonna laugh at you. Oh. I see your dirty pillows. They're called breasts, Mama. Start your day off the witchy way with hex checks. <laughs> Wait, is Chex a cereal? Yeah, it's a fucking cereal. Chex. I'm thinking of Chex Mix. Hex Mix. Hex Mix.
0: Yum.